typically the post shows are for for um you know anyone who tunes in live or or you know we put the full episode out on our patreon and they'll still get that but um yeah i hate that this message is going to get buried and i might actually just take this and and post it as a bonus episode on our feed because i think this is a really important discussion and i i want it to be out there there's a there's a almost a pressure there as well because i found out that um a couple of university lecturers give um the 1202 podcast as a um as a pre-reading as a free listening um exercise uh, they do that with this show too which is funny yeah, i just but, find that funny yeah but you sort of sit there and go well that's okay that's cool that's really that's that's quite exciting oh now the pressure you've actually got people listening who you're gonna you know we, we do have people who we've got influence, but now you know that you're being pushed, people are being pushed because you're influencing them. Then like, oh, performance anxiety. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's, it, it puts it into a slightly different perspective, I think. Oh, dear. Yeah, I mean, last, so last year I made like, uh, I ran into this stupid development problem with a, a company called Netlify, who's really great, but there was just like a weird kind of issue people would run into if you're deploying a React app for the first time. And so I just made a video about it and it did really well, but it made me feel super anxious to ever do anything else. Cause I was like, oh God, I don't know that I can actually help people. How did this actually, had this happen that I helped anybody? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, totally. Like you start putting things out there that are, that people find useful and you don't even expect mm-hmm. it. Um, I mean, that's, I feel like that's the case even with some of this, the goofy social media stuff that I've done in the past mm-hmm. is like people latch onto it. It's like, okay, I don't know if I can do this. Again. Yeah, exactly. Or make people laugh this yes. way. Folks, folks have reached out to the show saying, Hey, anything related to this topic? I have my, my students listen to, uh, or my lab, my lab, uh, students listen to, and I'm just like, Oh, okay. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. That's fantastic. Uh, you do know that we're not experts in that topic, right? Like you understand that we're approaching and yeah, no, no, no. It's still just a great discussion. And it's, it helps them understand where the other general human factors, generalists stand on, on those topics. Um, and, uh, I was like, Oh, Oh, okay. Well, if that's exactly what you want, then that's exactly what you'll get. I mean, like, you know, we're not promising anything here, but I'm glad you enjoy the discussion. It's just, it's really fascinating when, yeah, people use your stuff for things that you never intended it. Like, I don't know. I, when, when we started this show, it was always meant to be more of like a, a, a variety show meets like, you know, talking about human factors in the same way that people talk about pop culture uh, in, in the sense that like, it is something that uh, should be speculated on and talked about. We're not going to come here with like the, the latest and greatest research. In fact, we tried a little bit of a stint uh, with that for a while, but um, it just felt too stiff and not the com- so academic. Yeah, the, the just like, ugh, I don't know. We tried it. And, like it. But that's know. why this, this show for, for me, so be, obviously before I came on board and I was just listening, um, was always really neat because it was – there was nowhere else really out of like other pockets and even other sort of, I guess, adjacent uh, topics where people just have a chat about it. This is an interesting piece of whatever it is. Um, and, you know, he's some, some of the thoughts about it. He's some implications. Because then you could, it was, you sort of feel part of that conversation. Because um, I always remember the, the, the one that always sticks in my mind is what he did around transport planning um, and how the, 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 the fall into like suburbs and stuff now transport affects that and and how that affected um how it was changing poverty demographic demo, demographics 
Um, and and I was sort of sat there, going, oh yeah, that's true. And because I was doing some uh, DIY, and I was I penning my hand, and I was I was sketching stuff out on the wall as you were drawing it, as you were sort as you were talking it through, um, because I was trying to visualize where it was in my head, and I was it was just the way that it talks it through um, as a as, as as a conscious stream of thought rather than a pre prepared, you know, full on thing, just like anybody else would. He's like you know. Because the guy said, said, I'm a drink in a bar and, and trying to work through a problem. I quite liked it. We're, we're trying to take away the elitism from discussing human factors. It should be more ubiquitous. We can't hide it behind, um, you know, folks who gatekeep the profession behind education. And sure, education and science are pillars of this field and yeah but i mean we need to be accessible you know ultimately that's that was the goal for me is that it just felt so there nobody was doing this and if they were it was like behind discussion panels in in webinars and that's not how people consume media now um webinars still exist but like they're difficult to get into for reasons that people like to track who attends those. Yeah. And I just never like to, that. that's important to know who's attending those, but like, should that be your reason for again, gatekeeping yeah. things behind a webinar? I mean, this is something um, I, I really want to address this year, this year's um, EHF conference. Um, they're not going to like it, but the, um, you know, again, with the interview I did with Stephen Chorick, now he runs his own Human Factors blog. Um, and it's interesting. So he'll go and hit some really big topics. And I was like, but you're an author. You know, he's got, he's published books. He's done, he has done like loads of academic um, books. Is this journal- the peer review comment? Yeah. He's, 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 <laughs> he's, a, he's, a, he's a journal editor and all this. So, so he does all this stuff. But he's like, oh, well, you know, you have all that stuff, but who actually truly reads them? I'm like, good, because I don't. Um, and he's like, but if, if, if I write a blog, you know, somebody will comment on it and you'll get some immediacy. You'll get some, um, you know, you get immediate feedback. I'm like, that's a really fair point. And that's sort of the stuff that we do here. You know, if somebody wants to drop um, comments into the into the socials, then then we read them. We respond to them. We uh, we might change our views on them. Unlikely, because I'm always right. But, the, um, you know, we will re-educate other people. But, no, you know, people come with their own perspective and stuff, which is brilliant. Um, and it just makes a really, I mean, it's almost like when we give presentations now at conferences or whatever, I almost hate, well, in fact, I think it, I, I said it does, is if you've got 20 minutes to speak, that you're speaking for 20 minutes in a presentation. I want to do about 10 minutes, maybe 15 at a push, but I want a whole chunk of time at the end to say, right, you've got, you know, there's there's 20 odd people maybe or 50 people, or 100 people in the room. You're all really, really clever. And this is what I'm thinking. What do you think? Get the, get the, get the intelligence out of the room um, rather than just just the one person on the stage, um, but it's such a better use of time doing something like that, and it's I feel like it's way more interactive than like this nonsense model we have of this great person needs to get up and tell us all their thoughts. Like there's a time and place for that, but I I think like in HF circles or UX or whatever development conferences, like there's enough like people that understand what's going on in the room, and even if they don't, I think. What I what I think the podcast did really well was like get Nick and I to think about applications and implications of the, the science we knew from school. Mm. And I think that's the value of what you're talking about is just, you know, 
posing something to a room full of people who understand a concept and let them actually run with yeah. it and have a discussion. So, yeah, because as you said earlier, Nick, the you know the the value you get out of a conference is, is not necessarily the presentation itself, but the when you grab them afterwards in the in in the hallway and sort of say, "Oh, I didn't realize you were working on that." Blah blah blah, and and you then back, you get the value. Now imagine having that, and everybody else were chipping into that as well. It's just got so, it's just I just it, where the penny dropped for me, I think, was wrapping up last year's EHF conference. I got, I got asked to do one of the um, the closeout speeches. And um, and I was sort of sat there going, like, like, there's a couple hundred people in this room, of which you know, we've heard of ten of you because of the of the presentations and stuff, and, and in a in, in a thing, we haven't heard of the other hundred ninety of you. Um, yet you've all got thoughts, you've all got ideas, and we've just missed the opportunity. We've missed the especially after COVID, you know, we missed the opportunity to to interact. Um, I might have interacted with you at the bar, but I can't remember that because that was last night, and I was bottles in but the um you know it's we we as you um we need to get away from this as you say uh, as you say like from this one person standing at the, at the the front being all authoritative some people have got some really good stuff to say that's why you have your keynote speakers um but they should really just inspire the rest of it um but there we go it's it's the academic model and we won't get away from it for a while yet I don't know. I'm I'm hoping that like there's enough people that see what's going on with like social media or whatever that that will change because like people like Andrew Huberman and all of his like neuroscience stuff that he's just putting out for free as a Stanford, you know, university professor on his YouTube channel that's had massive success. I'm hoping that there's like lower levels of that, like what's done here with the stuff y'all do, Nick, like with the various like YouTube things you do. But also, like, there's got to be other professors that are, you know, maybe younger in age, maybe have experience, you know, just like talking and making things. Um, so hopefully it just continues to we see an academic model change. And that's like a, a positive product of social media versus so many of the negative things. we yeah, see. I hate that this message is going to get buried and I might actually just take this and, and post it as a bonus episode on our feed yeah. because... This is a really important conversation. And if anybody's listening to this right now who has sort of the desire to get started with that type of thing but lacks the resource, reach out to us. We'd be happy to share what we know and and sort of some lessons learned from starting this thing and, heck, even collaborate on some of that stuff in order to get more, I don't know, accessible education out there for folks yeah. who... Uh, you know, and, and resources for those in the field. Because I think, yeah, you're right. This is This is an absolutely... Uh, you see it happen in other fields, but not not here so much. Um, and we need to make it more accessible and inspire more people and get people to think about different things. Anyway, uh, yeah. I'm I'm going to repackage this and put it on our feed. Um, typically, the post shows are for for um, you know anyone who tunes in live or or you know we put the full episode out on our Patreon and they'll still get that. But um, I think this is a really important discussion, and I I want it to be out there in the world. Fair enough. We've given birth to. I mean, it is technically out there in the world. It is, but I mean, like repackaged in a way that m most of our audience is going to hear it. Uh, so that being said, what what are your final thoughts on this topic before we <laughs> send it out to our audience? I mean, the one thing I was going to add was one. The other bit that made it work for me last year was EHF was split into the virtual version and the live version, right? And when you think about what people want, 
know, people want to get published, and that's what you use conferences for. Uh, conferences are journals, get your paper, uh, peer-reviewed, and you get it published. And part of that arduous process is you have to stand up there and present your paper. It's part of the pain. Um, but you don't. You rarely then have time at the end of it. You've got, what, maybe two, maybe three, four minutes to have a discussion on that paper because of the way it works. So that worked brilliantly online. Um, being able to present your paper, get it out there. Pre, I mean, actually, we did pre-record of the paper, which is fine. But then you're there in the chat. People are asking questions. You could there respond to the chat. You presented it. It takes a lot of pressure off you presenting. Da, 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 until you actually get some really good feedback. That worked brilliantly online. So you so do that. Use the online stuff to present you to present your stuff. Then go to a physical conference and talk about it. Take it further. Work at it. Maybe use it as a basis of a workshop or something like that. But really think about the mediums and break away from this model of uh, we go and sit in a room and listen to people talk because we can do that online in our own time um, or on a podcast or a YouTube rant over. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to wrap up the post show. Uh, Blake, any other any other thoughts? Any other? No, I just think you guys are hitting on a good point. Nick, I think you've done a great job like influencing HFES here in the States of like, how do you take this stuff that you make and like make content out of it in a way that people can consume it and actually use it? And then you can have more meaningful conversations and people don't feel left out or left behind because of, you know, monetary problems or whatever it may be. So it's a it's a cool concept. I hope we just continue to see it evolve. I agree. Well, Barry, you got to go. Blake, you got to go. Uh, I have also got to go. So thank you, everyone, for tuning in. And Blake, it was so nice to have you back on on the pre and post show and show. I hope yeah. Such a pleasure. Thank you both for having me back. Thank you for right, okay. well, yeah. And see you next week.